All right, we're going to be in Matthew 7. It's Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So this is the conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount. This is the conclusion to it. And Jesus ends it with this illustration that serves both as an exhortation and a warning. It says, if you've been listening to the sermon and you act on it, you apply it to your life, then you are like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. However, if on the other hand, you've been sitting here listening to it, and you ignore it. You don't apply it to your life. You don't do what I have told you. Then you're like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And you got to keep in mind that they live in a very arid environment. It's a, a desert around much of that area. And in the desert, you kind of have two options for where you're building your house. Uh, you can either build it on a nice bare area of rock, or you have sand. Like those are, there's not a huge, you know, amount of options going on. And if you were to ask anybody in the crowd that day, hey, I've got this plot of land and, and one half of the land is rock and the other half of the land is sand and I've got to choose where I'm building my house on this, they look at you like, only a fool would build their house on the sand. You, you want to build your house on the rock. Okay, the sand, it changes. It shifts. It's not permanent. It's not solid. And we're in the desert, so we don't get that many storms. But when storms come in the desert, they are fierce. There's nothing to break the wind. The soil is hard, and it doesn't absorb the rain. And so when the storms come, there's going to be a flood. And anything that's not anchored down well in one of those floods, you're going to lose. So you want to build your house on that rock where you have something to anchor it down. When I first heard this parable, the first thing that came to my mind was bentonite. And nobody in here probably has any idea what bentonite is. Bentonite, though, if you live in Colorado, is something you want to be aware of. Because bentonite is a clay in the soil. And bentonite is really susceptible uh, to changes in temperature. In other words, when it heats up, it expands a lot. And when it gets cold, it shrinks a lot. And when there's a lot of moisture, it expands. And when it's dry, it shrinks again. And if you build your foundation of your house on that bentonite, your house is going to be in trouble. Because Colorado is a land of extreme weather. It gets really hot in the summer, well over 100 degrees a lot of times, and really cold in the winter. It was negative 20 at my parents' house a couple weeks ago. And so if you have built your house on something that is not stable like that, 
you're going to have some problems. And in fact, as uh, expansion happened out of the Denver area, there you can go and find these big homes that have been built. They're beautiful homes that are now condemned because their foundation is ruined because they were built on bentonite. I was trying to think of a way to uh, uh, explain that or you know, equate that to something around here, and I was having some trouble, and then the blizzard hit Monday night. And every news crew had a camera out on Plum Island. And the reason they did was because two years ago, in, in the blizzard of 2013, when the, that came, there were six houses on Plum Island that had been built right on the beach that were swept away by 20-foot waves when they came in. And it wasn't just Plum Island. It was all up and down the shores of New England. People who had had these beautiful beach houses were swept away. Now, if you had gone back to the summer before that, and it was a beautiful, nice summer, we don't, the seas around here in the summer are really calm. I've noticed that. And I noticed that because I love big waves and I always want to go swimming in them. But in the summer, we don't get that many big waves around here. And so in the summer, if you were looking at those houses, you'd say, man, that's where you want to build your house. Look at that house. It's got a beautiful view. It's right on the beach. You know, if I had my choice, I'd much rather build my house there than build it inland where I have to drive and deal with parking and pay for parking to get on the beach. And yeah, I don't have a very good view. I have my neighbor's house and some trees, and that's about all I see. So, but then if you fast forward, you know, six, seven months to that blizzard, and you see those houses getting swept away and say, no, I'm glad my house is inland now. I'm glad my house is built on a solid foundation. Because when the storm came two years ago, I was still dry. I was still warm. I still had a roof over my head. So I want to ask you today, where do you want to build your house? Do you want to build it on something solid and firm and lasting or on something else, something that is not permanent and not lasting? And to get more to the point, my question is, are you going to take what we have heard over the last six and seven months and are you going to apply it to your life and change your life and have your life shaped by it? Or are you going to let it all just go in one ear and out the other? That's what Jesus is telling everyone as he's listening. Are you going to be wise and act upon what I have said? Or are you going to be foolish and ignore it? I want to first start off with, it has been a great joy to be in this church and know that many of you have been like that wise man who built his house on the rock, who listened, you have listened to Jesus, you have applied what he has taught to your lives, and storms that have come have not shaken you. And storms have come since we started this sermon series. We have lost loved ones in our families. We have lost jobs and been without jobs for long periods of time. We have had medical issues. All of these storms have happened here, and there are you guys are still here. You are still living lives, worshiping God, standing firm 
in your faith because you've taken what has been said and you have applied it to your life. But if, on the other hand, you've been coming this whole time and you've not been allowing Jesus' words to change you, I want to echo Jesus and say, please do. Please be the wise person who builds their life on these teachings. He says, yes, Jesus, He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He knows what is best for me. Now, I know that a lot of times uh, that's not always the glamorous approach to take. It may not, might not be the best looking life from the outside. But it's kind of like those houses that were on Plum Island. When things are going smooth, say, man, that's the house I want. The house that's right on the sand, right on the beach. It looks great now. Who wants the house inland? That's not as great. That's, you know, it, it works for the person who lives there. But man, I want the house on the beach. You know, Jesus' words can be like that. It, it, they can appear less glamorous to a lot of people. And so they want to say, ah, I don't really want to follow those. So let's start with uh, an easy one, uh, I guess, to kind of hit on in this situation. And that is his call to give and give generously. All right, that, that doesn't look great from the outside. And man, like, there's a lot of things I could do for myself. You know, there are vacations I could take and better cars and better clothes that I could have and a bigger house that I could have if I was using that money for myself. And from, again, from the outside perspective, that looks maybe like the wise thing to do is to spend that money on yourself. But in doing that, you're building your house on the sand. You are choosing maybe what looks better, but when the storms come, it's not going to be better. What about Jesus' call for us to be pure? Talking sexually pure here. From the outside looking in, a lot of people say, man, why would you live a life like that? Why would you do that? Why would you not be out, you know, exploring your freedom and using it? Several years ago, um, when Tim Tebow was a, a senior, I got to use a football reference on, on Super Bowl Sunday, sorry. Tim Tebow was uh, a senior at the University of Florida. He was um, uh, getting ready to go into the NFL draft, and there was a an article written on a major sports website, not like, you know, I'm a fan of football.com. I'm talking like one of the major network sites. And this guy had written an article, and in it he is just criticizing and, and letting forth a lot of hatred towards Tim Tebow about Tim's choice to live a pure and holy life and to save himself for marriage. So why in the world would you do that? He could have any girl at the University of Florida. And yet, he's choosing to live a pure life. And he, the words, I hate him for it, were in there. Why? Because from his perspective, he's like, Tim, you're choosing to build inland when you could be having that house on the beach. 
Why would you do that? Why would you do that? We want to hit that area even more locally here. Uh, the Lake Quantipowit down here is known by the men, both in Wakefield and the surrounding areas, for having a lot of talent running around it during the summer. You know what I'm saying? They're like, wait, you don't go down there to watch women jogging around the lake? No, man, I don't go do that. Why would you not do that? Because to them, they don't see, they, they're like, man, you're choosing to build inland when you could be building a house on the beach. Why are you guys living life this way? Why would you do that? Well, it's because we know that those things aren't lasting. Those things aren't what's important. What's important is Jesus. What's important is what He has taught us. Because you know what? Storms in this life are going to come. They are going to come. And there's nothing you can do about that. <clears throat> and just because someone's life looks easy or looks great now, or maybe your life is going easy and looks great now, and you know you haven't been following what Jesus said, do not let that easy life lull you into this false sense of security. Because the storms are coming on both lives. Both the people who have chosen to live by Jesus' teachings and those who have not. The storms are coming. And after those storms pass, you won't care how glamorous the life looked beforehand. You won't care about that. What you will care is, is that person's life still intact? That's why we are building our house. We're building our lives on Jesus' teaching. Now, let's talk about some of the storms that come in life. We, we hit some of them already. But have you ever known someone who, instead of building their life on Jesus, they built their life on their job? And what happens after that job is gone? Now, if it's because they got fired and they're still young, then maybe, you know, they turn to, to harmful behavior, harmful habits. They take things out on other people and you look at their life and you say, man, their life is a wreck right now. There are a lot of people, and it's a staggeringly high rate, actually, of people who retire and then are dead within six months after retire. Because they've built their life on a job. And that job gets taken from them by their age and they lose that will to live and it's gone. You look at that life, and like Jesus said, great was its fall. You look at that life and say, man, great was the fall of that person's life when the storm came. Sometimes the storm will be a loss of relationship. Whether it's a breakup or a divorce or a death, that storm can come to a person's life. And if that, their life was built on that relationship instead of on Jesus, then when that storm comes, their life falls apart. I've known several friends who had built their lives on a relationship. And when that relationship was over, their life was over. We couldn't get them to go out. 
We couldn't get them to come over. You couldn't get them on the phone. Nothing. And then the next person that comes along, they, they would marry or they would move in with. And that person was just terrible for them. And it wrecked their lives. You say, man, great was the fall there. Because they had built their life on a relationship, on something temporary, on something not firm. Instead of building it on Jesus. Alright, now, sometimes people are going to go all the way through life. You're going to say, you know what, that person quite clearly didn't build their life on Jesus' teachings. And it looks like they've made it through all of the storms of life and they're still standing. Well, there's one storm still to come. And that is judgment. Every person who has ever lived will die and stand before God. And then of all days, it will be most important to know where you built your life. Because if you built your life on those other things, on those things that are temporary, and you stand before God in judgment, then great is going to be the fall of that life. It is going to be terrible in that moment. And you stand before God in judgment. I built my life on all these temporary things. On the other hand, though, if you built your life on Jesus, and you built your life on His teaching, that day is not a day where you are going to be scared. That is going to be a day where you say, yes, I wasn't perfect, I sinned. And you're going to stand before God and account for those But it's not going to be the same because Jesus, who you built your life on, He paid your debt. He took your judgment on the cross. So instead of saying, whoa, great was the fall of their life, no, that person is going to have instead the best life, an eternal life with God, rejoicing in Him, knowing Him better than you have known Him before. That is going to be a great life, a great day, instead of a great fall. It all comes down to what did you build your life on? Did you build your life on Jesus? Or did you ignore what you have heard and ignore Him and build your life on other things, on temporary things? As I'm preaching this today, I don't want anyone to think I'm in here condemning them because that's not the purpose of me preaching today. It's not to condemn anyone. It's instead to exhort you, to encourage you, to today decide that you are going to build your life on Jesus and on His words. And even if you haven't been doing that, the great thing about Jesus is that you can do it now. You can do it right now. It doesn't take you getting everything in your life right first and living by all these teachings first and then coming to Jesus. No, you go to Jesus first. And then the other things, listening to Him, obeying Him, that is going to follow afterwards. Because if it worked the first way, we'd all be in a lot of trouble. If we had to do everything right, if we had to live up to all of this and then we can come to Jesus, 
we're all in trouble because we're not going to be able to do that. But if we flip that around, we come to Jesus, we repent, we, are there, we have our faith in Him, then these words that He has been speaking, they are going to be life to us. They're going to be encouraging to us. They are going to cause us to build a life that weathers the storms. That proves who God is and His love for us. So my prayer for us is that we will be a church like that. Who has listened to this Sermon on the Mount and all of Scripture as we continue to walk through this life with God. We will be a church full of people who have lives that are unwavering. Who have lives that are firm testimonies of what God has done for us through His Son, Jesus Christ.